Hello and welcome to Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast covering all things St. Louis Cardinals, news as it breaks, uh, big, cool, hot takes, whatever else is going on in the world of Cardinals baseball. My name is Jeff Jones. I'm here with Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, good afternoon, sir. What up, Jeff? How are we doing today? It is probably the most gorgeous day of the year. Uh, today today oh, may man. end up being the best day of the year. Yeah, it's awesome. I, uh, I tell you what, today at school at uh, my substitute teaching land. I was uh, charged for one of the classes with uh, the fitness walking class, which basically consists of just walking around. And of course we chose to do so outside the day and it was a perfect day for it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to find a patio somewhere tonight. Do you, uh, on. Do, do you have to make sure that they walk neither too quickly nor too slowly? It's, it's fitness walking, but is it like Olympic race walking where they have to not pick their feet up off the ground? No, they can really, the, the rules are really not very stringent. All I wanted from them was to get them to walk. But, you know, they're high school kids, and uh, they're some of them maybe having a little senioritis. And so it was just hard to get them to do much of anything. And so it was it was a, an interesting experience. But uh, I was glad to just be outside if I was going to be arguing with kids. I'd rather it be uh, outdoors than indoors. And also I happened to uh, challenge one of the soccer players uh at the end of class to uh, save one of their PKs. And I actually did it. I was kind of surprised by that. That's pretty solid. As I, uh, I, I was looking today at the, at the forecast because I was trying to ruin my own great day, uh, meeting the Cardinals in Chicago on Monday. Uh, Monday looks like a high of 38 and the little icon here on my phone looks like a wind gust. Uh, appears to be appears to be the predominant forecast from Monday. So as I sit here and enjoy the sunshine, a uh, little Cardinals baseball tonight, a little playoff hockey tonight, 38 and windy in Chicago on Monday. So what a fun day of ball that will be at Wrigley. Yeah, I was imagining, like when you were talking about it on yesterday's podcast, getting to go to Chicago, I was like, oh man. But in my mind, I was picturing like last August or whenever it was when I was there for a Cardinal Cub series and just imagining like what Wrigleyville was like that weekend. I don't think it's going to be quite the same this time around. It'll be a, it'll be a little more subdued as will probably beautiful Cincinnati where the Cardinals play beautiful. for before they get to, before they get to Chicago. I know, uh, I know your friend and mine, Jimmy, the cat Hayes, big Cincinnati guy, big, big fan. I think is the cat. Of, uh, of, I, think of, the, of I think it's the Skyline Chili that they're fond of up yeah, there. Yeah, it's his favorite place to travel, I think. Uh, so uh, the, the, the Cardinals there this evening, Michael Waka on the mound for the Redbirds tonight. Uh, Waka, another guy who was sort of a little bit waylaid by the weather, perhaps his his his, uh, his his start in St. Louis here over the past road trip, only got through five, managed to recover after kind of a rough first inning. Uh, what do you need out of Michael Waka this evening for the Cardinals to get themselves back on track? Honestly, my hope is that you don't need all that much because I really think this should be a game where the Cardinals put up some runs. Uh, and I really didn't get a chance to talk about my awesome prediction from the first podcast when I accurately predicted the score of the Cardinals 5-3 winner. I needed some uh, extra innings. I needed some help from Matt Carpenter, but I'm going to take credit for it nonetheless. Uh, but but for Waka, I would just like to see him be as efficient as he possibly can. Like five innings might not be the end of the world. Your bullpen should be a little more rested, as we talked about yesterday. And so if he can just keep the ball in the ballpark, I know that can be a challenge in a great American small park. But I, I would say that's my main thing. I, I, I always want the pitcher to be efficient. But this time I would say, uh, you know, don't don't give up that long ball because that's a way a start can turn sour on you. 
when you're up there in Cincinnati. And so I would say rely on the bullpen a little bit, be able to get through five, maybe six innings of one or two run baseball, uh, and see the offense put up I think like a serious number, like like six or eight tonight. Uh, that's kind of my expectation because I'm just ready to see, as it we've been hyping up uh, to know so far, I'm ready to see them break out. Yeah, the uh, the rest in the bullpen gets a little bit different with one roster move today. Sam Tuivalala plays on the disabled list uh, with a knee strain. Mike Myers returned from Memphis. Uh, does that, you think, materially affect any of the usage in the bullpen? As I look at that, what it says to me is that perhaps John Brebbia moves from the do-not-use to the use-on-occasion role, and Mike Myers returns back into his glass case. Yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see Brebbia get some opportunities because I feel like Brebbia could be another guy that Matheny could turn to in kind of the role that Matt Bowman has been filling on a when I say on a daily basis, I kind of mean it because of the uh, insane amount of appearances he's already had. So yeah, I think I think that'd be a good chance for Brebbia. I don't know if Brebbia's got his powers until his beard is grown out. Uh, that's kind of a concern of mine, but I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think for Tui, it's uh it's kind of I don't know if it's what you expressed, if it's relief or like just like the knowledge that his velocity dipped, there was something to explain that. Otherwise, I, I think he was on the fast track to a to a DFA situation. But perhaps if he can uh, get the velocity up after getting healthy, he might be able to stick around with the Cardinals. But yeah, as far as Myers goes, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we see him very much. Yeah, uh, just like when he was on the roster the first time. My uh, my first abandoned story of the year came courtesy of John Brebbia uh, over the weekend. You know that he very easy guy to talk to, friendly guy. We'll be happy to work with you on, on, on a story. And I, I had this idea in mind that it would be great to write about the actual process of the trip from Memphis to St. Louis and, and write about what that drive is like. And, hey, what exits do you stop at? Where do you stop to get food? And I was asking John Brebbia about it, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, I've never driven from Memphis to St. Louis. And I said, huh. Okay, well then that puts paid to that, and that was the end of the conversation. But, so, wait, so wait a minute, where did he come from? It, it, was he just you know traveling? Memphis was on the road every time he was so called up. I guess last last year when he was recalled because he spent the the entirety of the year with the Cardinals after the recall last year. Uh, he met the team on the road, met them in Colorado, and then this year when he got the recall, Memphis was in Round Rock, so he flew up to St. Oh, Louis from okay. Houston. So he's not made the drive. It does surprise me a little that he didn't like has he's never driven back to like grab stuff out of his apartment, maybe. But 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 John Brebbia says he's never driven from St. Louis to Memphis. So uh, okay. a cool story. I, I want to tell been. you something though. You don't need to scrap that story entirely. And now that Tui's on the DL, it's going to have to wait a little bit. Yeah, but he's your guy because he like had a counter going last year. Of was Tui on the roster? Up and down, up and down. I think he made like a, a total like ten legs of that trip of the back and forth. He was up and down like a total of five or six times. So, so whenever he's, he's around, he's your guy for that story. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll repurpose it and, and get that going. Other exactly. than the move, other than the move with Tui and Mike Myers today, not much happening in Cardinals land. Uh, early game today, I believe the first pitch is just about in an hour here. Uh, as we recorded about four forty-five in the afternoon on Thursday, just about an hour away in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I think that the Cardinals obviously struggled to barrel the ball up a little bit uh, on the homestand. You know, the, the, as we mentioned yesterday, they struck out 60 times across the six games. That seems a little bit excessive. Uh, as you made reference to earlier here today, the old Great American Small Park can go a long way 
towards uh, towards maybe bringing some offense back into the team. You know, the the obvious struggles that we're going to continue to keep an eye on are at the top of the lineup. Tommy Pham had the ninth inning home run in the game yesterday and is starting to come around a little bit, but uh, Dexter Fowler hitting about 150 and Matt Carpenter just about the same. Uh, you know, we're, we'll be revisiting this, I'm sure, throughout the season, but it's eventually the questions are going to keep getting asked until something gets shuffled to the top of that lineup. Yeah, and I think today, I mean, if you let this human being named Sal Romano beat you up today, I think that's, that's a disappointment. Uh, for the Cardinals, uh, you know, not a left-handed thrower, so that matters, I, I guess, when we talk about uh, kind of a, a lefty, heavy presence in some of these big names in the Cardinals lineup. So uh, they, they should score a bunch of runs today, Jeff, and I, you know, part of me thinks they will. I, I have a little bit of confidence that this will be uh, a good series for them um, up there in in Cincinnati, Ohio. What do we uh What do we know about old Salvatore Romano? As we pull up the uh, we pull up the scouting report here, uh, Oyster Bay, New York. It appears. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I, 23rd round draft pick in 2011 out of Southington High School in Southington, Connecticut was Salvatore J. Romano. Uh, made his major league debut last season. Has a career 5-9 and nine record with a 4.59 ERA. Not much happening on the Sal Romano front. That does seem like the sort of nondescript pitcher that, that the Cardinals would hopefully be able to feast on, maybe maybe turn around the offense a little bit. But, you know, along the same lines, so too did Junior Guerra yesterday, and that was not the way that that game played out at all. That's true. That's true. Romano, but I would like to refer to him as just a guy. I know he's young, so he could still, like, project to be better than he, than, than he was in his rookie year last year. Like, he, he filled some innings for them and, and had some good games, but... Uh, when you look at like nothing impressive that jumps out about a strikeout rate or anything like that, he's not uh, striking out a guy for inning or anything like that. So um, I don't know. I, I just think that the Cincinnati Reds are a two nine team. Uh, they're, they're probably going to be the worst team in this division this year uh, based on the early returns. And you, you've got to beat up on the central division. If you're the Cardinals, a team looking to get back to the playoffs, because that was one of their big issues last year is that some of the, the, the average to mediocre teams in the division, they didn't crush them uh, quite as substantially. And, of course, they, they played poorly against the Cubs last year. And that you play, you know, nearly half your schedule against these teams, and they're, they're games you got to start taking advantage of uh, with this game on Thursday night. Two starts for Romano so far this season. Gave up three earned in six innings and a loss to the Washington Nationals on April 1st and on April 7th. Uh, in a game in Pittsburgh, gave up four earned in five innings. One thing that, that might be a little bit of a respite for the Cardinals, only three combined strikeouts across those two starts. Three strikeouts to five walks in 11 innings so far this season. So uh, if the Cardinals come out this evening and put up another 8, 9, 10 strikeout performance, then that would uh, that would be a concern. Romano, if nothing else, you know, yeah, maybe an innings eater kind of guy, but a guy where the Cardinals should at least be able to put the ball in play. And in that ballpark in Cincinnati, that's definitely going to play in their, their favor. Yeah, and, and on the other side, the only thing I'm looking for uh, from from Waka is is he can let Joey Votto maybe do a little bit for my fantasy purposes. But other than that, uh, try to shut down this lineup that uh, has a couple of guys that have hurt you before. Um, you know, they, they've got a, they've got some power in this lineup, but it's not what I would consider a deep lineup, and it's one that Waka should be able to to handle if he's got a decent stuff tonight. You know, uh, I I got bad news for you there, Brendan, on the fantasy front. Joey Votto not in the Reds lineup this evening. 
Tonight, the first time, and this is from C. Trent Rosecrans on Twitter. C. Trent was always a longtime beat writer for the Reds, covers them now for The Athletic. Uh, first time anyone has started at first base other than Joey Votto for the Cincinnati Reds since September 2nd, 2016. Over 200 consecutive games, Joey Votto at first base, not in the lineup this evening for the Cincinnati Reds. Adam Duvall instead playing first. See, this is why I should never express an opinion on anything at all. Um, because I end up being wrong, like it, it, almost immediately in this case. Look, the thing is, at any time in the last two hundred games, you would have been in perfectly fine shape uh, in, in in order to justify in order to justify you know your need for Joey Votto to get some fantasy ball work in. Uh, not the case today. So I guess really, if Joey Votto were to make any kind of impact in tonight's game. It would likely be as a pinch hitter, and if that's the case, that's probably problematic from a results standpoint for the Cardinals. Yeah, I'll keep him in the lineup, though, just in case. I, I am looking up that uh, Scooter Jeanette is, in fact, on the team. Is he in the lineup tonight? He is. Scooter Jeanette is, in fact, batting yeah. fifth for the Reds this evening. Okay, because that's the one guy you got to worry about because he's he's been known to hit four home runs in, in and, a single game. And so sometimes that, he's even he's trying to do, do that. that. Yeah, uh, uh as we you know, talking about guys who are in and out of the lineup, uh, a little bit of an interesting titch. I, I I saw this just happened to see it in passing about an hour ago. Starting in left field for the Washington Nationals this evening, one Matt Adams getting a start in left for the Nats. Uh, the wind was described as swirling, but Davey Martinez said he was comfortable <laughs> with it because Gio Gonzalez gets a lot of ground balls. So their hope is that the ball does not find Adams and left. Uh, when you have to say to the media that you hope the ball doesn't find your left fielder, is there any chance that Adams doesn't have like two chances in the first inning? I hope I hope he has an error and left in homers tonight because that would that would seem to be kind of poetic justice. And I actually am working on something for KMOV where I and I tweeted about this yesterday, just looking up some Cardinals that were on the team last year and how they've started this season. Adams has a has a very uh, Joe, Joey Gallo looking stat line as uh, JJ Bailey pointed out last night. Yeah. After I tweeted it out, he's four for nineteen, two eleven average, but a four hundred on base and six thirty two slugging percentage. Hit a couple of homers, and he's actually got five walks already this year in just twenty four twenty five plate appearances. You know, Matt Adams is a lot like Jose Martinez in that. They are both fun to watch hit, and they are both fun to watch play the field, but for entirely different reasons. Two very different kinds of fun uh, when you see them in those <laughs> yeah. when you see them in those contexts. Uh, speaking of other old friends, you mentioned this before we got started here, and I, wanted, I know you wanted to talk about it. A uh, couple of bench clearing brawls yesterday in Major League Baseball, both with former Cardinals at the heart of them. Uh, which should we prefer here? Do we prefer Perdomo squaring off? with Nolan Arenado or Joe Kelly squaring off with Tyler Austin? All right, so my, my favorite of the two, and I liked them both. I thought both were had some interesting talking points. I preferred the the Red Sox-Yankees brawl. Uh, first of all, Red Sox-Yankees is a great rivalry and certainly one that looks like it's it's back uh, to being kind of a, close to where it was at its height with both those teams being competitive. I'm just seeing now on Twitter Ken Rosenthal uh, retweets the release uh, from the Yankees Red Sox suspension. Kelly six games for his role in the brawl and uh, five games for Tyler Austin. So the, let's start with this brawl. It, it, it stemmed from a hard takeout slide into second base by Austin, where I, I think he kind of spot the field a bit and, and watch the video of it. Look that 
severe. It looks like kind of what you do trying to break up double play. But if, if the guy got spiked and he was injured from it or, or, you know, incapacitated in any way, I understand Joe Kelly wanting to go out and defend his guys. A lot of people talk about the underwritten rules and, and you know, that, that, that they don't like them. And some people do like them and, and, and think but my opinion on this, that it's, it's kind of, or I'm thinking it's entertaining to see stuff like this go on, even if it is kind of stupid. Like, yeah, I don't know that Tyler Austin was trying to hurt anybody. Uh, but, but I don't know, uh, that he wasn't necessarily. And in Kelly's case, he denied in kind of a humorous way that he was throwing at batter, but it was fairly obvious yeah. what he was doing. Uh, so yeah, I have no doubt in my mind about that, but my favorite part of all of it, and you can find this video on Twitter and I retweeted it as well. Uh, Joe Kelly, just his demeanor as Tyler Austin slams back and begins approaching him at the mound where it, you, you read it. It's like, he's saying like, come on, okay, let's do this. Like just that's just such a baller related about it, which is why I respected that a little bit more than uh, the role that involved Perdomo and Arenado, where uh, Arenado begins to charge and Perdomo kind of throws his glove at him and runs away. So I I was I was digging on the Joe Kelly brawl yesterday for sure. It was it was pretty solid. Uh, you know, six games is a that's a pretty good stretch for a relief pitcher. Both uh, both Kelly and Tyler Austin expected to appeal the suspension, so you got to think maybe that six games gets chopped down to three or four uh, when all is said and done. But yeah, Joe Kelly is a guy who was again speaking of fun to watch. Definitely had a, had had an amusing way about him on the field when he was here, and again a guy who always had that one unbelievable pitch and was sort of searching for uh for secondary stuff to back it up and i think that now is is settled into a role here with the red sox and it has carved out uh, a pretty good a pretty good niche as a really you know just a right-handed reliever from who, who can provide you uh with some solid gas from that side of the bullpen and and, and so uh that's, that's probably a legitimate loss for the red sox here uh for the next week or so with joe kelly probably not being available uh yeah the, 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 those two brawls were uh they were a little more a little more ramped up than the one that we saw from the st louis cardinals and the Milwaukee, excuse me and the diamondbacks over the weekend uh anytime that you're at a game and the bench is clear pretty exciting that one that one not much happened uh you had some you had some real fisticuffs going on in the other two last night yeah and and as far as the, the fight between kelly and austin and i've taken to watching the video right now again because i think it's so cool where Kelly just gives him the, you know, a, a little wag of the finger to, to say, "Yeah, hey, come on, let's let's do this thing," and uh, I think Kelly did win, you know, get the better part of Austin in that brawl. But I will admit, despite my bias, that the, the catcher Christian Vasquez, I believe it was, kind of held him back a little bit to where I think Kelly had an unfair advantage. But you know, Kelly not only is he, you know, a, a gas throwing reliever from the right side, but he's with with what he did yesterday. I think that kind of puts him in a, in a little bit of a team leader kind of role because uh whether we think it's dumb or whether we think it's necessary i think is maybe a better way to describe it uh you know i don't think it's necessary but i think that the the players involved in these situations probably feel differently uh, uh, whether pro or con they feel a little more strongly than i do about these just watching them as a spectator and uh certainly kelly earned the respect of, of some people yesterday with uh kind of sticking up for a teammate and then not backing down uh, from a challenge with a guy who had, who had a bat in his hand, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, you know, one of the uh, one of the more interesting brawls that I can remember here from semi recent Cardinals history. Uh, it was a year when Tino Martinez was in St. Louis, so 2003 ish. 
there was a there was a little fracas with the Arizona Diamondbacks where uh, f- at that point future Cardinal Miguel Bautista somehow had a baseball returned to him on the mound as Tino Martinez charged and uh, wound up and fired a fastball at Tino from about 15 feet. And missed him, thankfully. Uh, but I mean, he he gunned a ball at Martinez, and they uh, they went down to the mound, wrestling around a little bit. I don't know that I've ever seen the pitcher uh, throw another pitch at a batter in the process of charging the mound, aside from that time. Yeah, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be allowed. They shouldn't be able to give more ammo to the pitcher. And now I pulled up uh, pulled up what I believe to be a, a, a picture of this, and yeah, he's. To say he's 15 feet away, if you can pull up a picture, he's like, like face to face with the guy. Yeah, the as I say that, that, he was. Yeah, he was pretty close. I'm thinking of the same picture where you have where you have Bautista with the ball in his hand, kind of curled back, and then Martinez a little bit turtled, kind of coming in after him. That is hysterical, and it, and that's kind of what it reminded me of yesterday watching Perdomo flip his glove toward Nolan Arenado, who looked like a total beast, like he was ready to do some damage. And it took a few, quite a few guys to bring him down. Uh, uh, several guys out of the Padres dugout uh, to eventually corral Nolan Arenado. Yeah. But uh, that was, yeah, you know, I, I was, I was more entertained because of the brawls yesterday than I would have been otherwise. And so I, I'm not really in a position to. That's uh, that. That's about all that we had going on uh, in the world of baseball here today. Uh, you know, you said you have, the, you have the Cardinals roster movie, you have them playing in Cincinnati here momentarily. So we're going to wrap this up and get it out to you uh, so you can enjoy it just before the Cardinals take on the Reds this evening. Brendan, last thoughts, anything else we need to be looking for tonight in the uh, in, in the wonderful matchup in the Queen City? I, I want to go ahead and at least give uh, a score prediction. I know it's dangerous to do that because I'm one for one, and I could retire on that if I wanted to. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Cardinals do win this game tonight, seven to four, um, behind a, an average start by Waka, good enough to get the job done, and uh, they they go ahead and put some runs up finally uh, against an average pitcher in Cincinnati. Uh, I'll as, as far as predictions go, I'll just say that tonight will I predict will be one of the best nights to watch Cardinals baseball all season. Because it will be a night where the Cardinals will wear blue caps on the road. All right. I'm a blue caps yeah, on the road guy. Uh, so that is plenty exciting. You'll have some Cardinals baseball. For me, you'll have some Washington Capitals hockey. Thankfully, you have the Cardinals game early, uh, and the Capitals don't start until 6.30. So should get about, eh, let's say, three innings into the ball game before I have to go with the old flip back and forth. So that works out pretty well. For Brendan Schaefer, my name is Jeff Jones. This has been, has been Locked On St. Louis Cardinals, your daily podcast podcast for all things cardinals make sure you follow brendan on twitter at b 12 check out his work covering the cardinals at kmov check me out at locked on at jm jones on twitter and at scene at the ballpark on instagram brendan thank you so much sir he's out good night y'all check it out locked on st louis cardinals